Greetings, Greenhouse people. If you're listening or watching in real time, cuttings are arriving at greenhouses all around the world. And in order to get these young plants off to a great start and maintain high quality and low losses throughout all stages of production, your friends at Tech on Demand want to address an important topic. The topic is Vapor Pressure Deficit, or VPD. I'm your host, Bill Calkins, and in an effort to provide this critical information in any way you choose to consume educational content, you're going to find this in video form, podcast form, and in printed form. And I'll put all the links to those in the show notes of this video or podcast. The print article did run in the January issue of Grower Talks magazine and walked readers through some definitions related to VPD, as well as why it's an important measurement to use and how it can specifically benefit your young plant production. These videos and podcasts will go quite a bit deeper into the topic. But first, I want to introduce my guest, someone who's been a huge part of Tech on Demand since our inception, Dr. Will Healy. Will has more than three decades of experience working with greenhouses of all shapes and sizes and around the world to implement the best strategies for their unique situations. Will retired recently from Ball Horticultural Company as Senior Technical Manager, but continues to think about ways to improve horticultural production, and for that, I am truly grateful. Will and I are going to attempt to make some fairly complex information understandable and usable in our conversation about VPD, relative humidity, and water loss in these Tech on Demand video and podcast episodes, where our goal is always to bring you tips, tricks, and information to produce your best crops ever. Be sure to subscribe to the Tech on Demand podcast on your favorite podcast app like iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and more, and find dozens of videos on the Ball Seed YouTube channel. But without further ado, Dr. Will Healy, welcome back to Tech on Demand. How have you been, and why are we going to talk about VPD today? And I have a feeling the reason is much simpler than the science we're about to cover. Oh, yeah, it really is. In fact, you know, like so many things, life is complicated. And that's now that I'm retired, I really understand. You really, because you can make it complicated is not a reason you should. Um, and so what we're going to try to do today, Bill, is we're going to try to make this more real, real speak of how it actually, um, you know, first of all, you know, just what is all of this water stuff? I remember when I took a class like a million years ago in college, um, what, the guy spent like eight weeks talking about water. And I'm thinking, Really? Why? Well, you know, after 40 years of doing this, I really realized water. Ah, it's all about moving water through the plants. Without moving water through the plants, nothing happens. And so really, when we talk about VPD, what we're really trying to talk about is moving water through the plant, which when we move water, we move nutrients, we move carbohydrates, we move all of good stuff. And when we aren't moving water, diseases, insect problems, and all the bad stuff starts to happen. So we really want to make sure that we're moving a lot of water through the plants. And of course, what we're going to talk about today with the vapor pressure deficit is basically it's a measurement of how fast water can move through the plant out into the surrounding air. But, you know, before we get going here, you know, let's talk a little bit about um, just you and me, Bill, because, you know, when we start thinking about um, vapor pressure deficit, um, we really are talking about 
stuff that happens to us as humans. Now, now those of you who know about Bill know that he's really, we can't call him a runner. We have to call him a crazy runner because he does marathons and all of those other kinds of really long distance running activities. Right, Bill? That's true. It's true. I wore my Ironman hat for this uh, podcast just, uh, just to prove that point. Well, you know, I could buy one too, but that would be lying. Unlike you, Bill, who you actually wear it and you actually did it. Now, um, of course, you basically experience VPD all the time when you run. Did you know that? No. Uh, tell, tell me. Tell me about that, Will. Okay. So, you know, when you're running during the summer and it's hot and humid, what happens? You sweat. You sweat a lot. Right. Because your body basically is pushing water through to basically try to cool you. It's a natural process. Water is basically evaporated off your body, just like water is evaporated out of plants, to cool you down. That's part of the process. So you're moving water through you. Um, and of course, on a hot, humid day, what happens to your shirt? You're soaked. You're absolutely right. soaked five minutes in. Right, because the water has no place to go because it's really high humidity. There's no place to go. Now, have you ever run in the mountains where it's low humidity? Well, I live in Ohio, so I don't get that many opportunities, but I have. I have okay. once or twice. And you ran during periods of really low relative humidity? Mm-hmm. And what, what happened to your shirt at that point? Well, you're not, you're not nearly as soaked. Right. It just basically because it evaporates because basically the, it has low relative humidity so that the water can just basically evaporate off. It evaporates out because the air can hold more water under low relative humidity than high relative humidity where it's basically it's saturated. So this is really kind of what we're going to talk a little bit about how relative humidity and vapor pressure deficit and dew point and vapid transpiration, how all of these words that they kind of co-mingle and you kind of go like, this is craziness, right? I mean, when you first we started talking about doing that article for Grower Talks, it was kind of confusing, wasn't it, when we first started talking about it? Because there's so many different things they're talking about. And they're just talking about losing water. No, it was very it was very confusing, especially when I was thinking that that VPD was one measurement that growers would use to uh, sort of base decision making throughout production. But then I started talking to you and heard more about, like you said, the relative humidity and evapotranspiration and all these these different factors that, that also have to be considered, but they all work together. Right. <clears throat> so let's talk a little bit about um, this whole process of what, it, it, what is VPD, because it's really important. Now, one of the first thing you have to remember and keep this always in mind is that water moves from wet or high concentrations to dry, low concentrations. I think we've all spilt water on our cupboards in this case, of course, I spilled coffee and my wife thank thankfully wasn't watching because she'd be really upset. So I put the paper towel and sure enough, the water moved from that puddle where it's very high concentration and it was sucked in. So if you think about that in a relationship to a plant, basically a leaf is filled with water. You know, I think we all can assume that leaves have water in them, at least healthy, turgid leaves. And basically, if you've got um, the water then is moving out both to cool the leaf and also just naturally it's just being pulled out and basically it goes out into the air, which is very dry. And that's basically the whole issue that we're going to be talking about. It's the movement of water from where it's high to where it's very low. So it's that movement to water, which is very 
critical. So we're going to talk about that in what is VPD versus some of the other terms. So let's talk about a few different terms and they all kind of talk about water and water movement and um, but let's get them all in the right order in the right place so that they all make sense when we talk about this whole issue because it is something we're going to talk about throughout the entire podcast. So the first one is evapotranspiration. This is the measurement of water from both the plant and the soil. And of course, we're going to talk in greater detail about this whole issue of evapotranspiration. Vapor pressure is basically, it's where the water moves from being liquid into a gas so that it can float off because it has to be in a gaseous stage to, um, to be taken off. Um, the vapor pressure deficit is basically, it's a measurement between two points, one which is very wet and one that is much lower or drier, or might even be very high. And so in that case, it's zero. But if it's very dry over here and it's very wet over here, the water is going to move from wet to dry. So it's gonna have a lot of very fast movement. And I think we've seen this with the paper towel. Bill, you've seen this when you've been running and you know, all of a sudden you start sweating, but the humidity is low and it just takes forever for you to um, basically um, get, even get your shirt wet. Well, and, and then course, with VPD, so when it's zero, that means that there is no movement of the water because correct. the air temperature and the soil or, or plant temperature are the are the same or at least balanced? Well, it's not the temperature. It's the amount of water that's in the air. So, you know, when you're at the dew point, which we'll talk about in a minute, the water is set. You know, dew point is when you have fog. Mm -hmm. The air can hold no more water. We've all seen this in a greenhouse, you know, especially if um, in the winter and you get into the end of the day when the temperature drops rapidly, the humidity goes, spikes up, and you sometimes will see these fogs forming in the greenhouse. Um, I've seen this in a number of greenhouses and go like, you guys got a problem here because you're now at the dew point. You're basically, you're at zero VPD, which means there is no water movement from the plant into the um, air. Now, maybe that's a good thing. If you've got a wilted plant, the water, because the 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 pressure the, um, the plant is drier, the water is going to move in because it always has moved from high to low. So if your leaf is wilted, it's going to move in. So this is really VPD. It's really just a measurement of the rate of water loss. How fast is the water going to be lost? Or is the water going to be gained back into the plant if the um, leaf is um, is slightly wilted? So it gives you a basically it tells you what's going to happen, and it's really important to keep that in mind. That VPD is this whole rate of water loss that is um, or water movement. If you think about it, is it loss from the air into a wilted plant, or is it a turgid plant filled with water and it's dry out here and the water is moving that way? So this is really what we're talking about. Now, this is where it gets a little crazy because there's an issue of accumulated VPD because VPD is a momentary measurement that basically is happening constantly. So what you wanna do is you wanna be looking at how does, this, how does this VPD change over time? I think we've all seen this when the sun sets in a greenhouse and, and it starts getting dark, the temperature drops and the humidity goes up very rapidly. 
And just like if the greenhouse warms up very rapidly and the humidity drops really rapidly. So these very rapid changes, and you want to be able to measure that. So you look at the accumulated VPD, which is the sum of the VPD over a period of time. Now, for a shorthand standpoint, when we talk about VPD in the greenhouse, we're really talking about accumulated VPD. We're not talking about instantaneous, which is just pure VPD, but we're talking about accumulation over a period of time. Okay. What's, the, what's sense, the period? Bill? Yeah, but what what's the period of time? Is it a short period, like a day, or is it a week, or? Well, it depends upon how we're using it. So, if we're using it in propagation, we're going to say accumulate this much VPD, and then turn the mist back on. Hmm. If we're watering plants. And of course, in a previous video, we talk about water by weight, which is how long it takes to lose this much water. Okay. We can use VPD um, to say in a 24-hour period, how much VPD did we accumulate? And then we can correlate that to how much water we've lost from the plant. So if you say that you need to lose 300 or 600 grams of water overnight, um, then basically what you're going to do is you're going to say, if I lose 200 grams every 24 hours, now here's a math problem, Bill, and I know we're both in horticulture, so we're not real good at math. Um, otherwise, we'd be in finance if we could do math. But okay, so we have 600 grams of water that we have to lose from that plant because we poured 600 grams of water on, and we're losing 200 grams every 24 hours. How many days does it take to lose all that water? Three days. I can do that math. Perfect. And that's basically what... And that's how we use this accumulated VPD. You either say, when you've lost this much, do something, or how long does it take to lose this much? And then you can basically use accumulated VPD to predict when should you be watering, how often should you water, because the plant through evapotranspiration, water from the soil and water from the air, has basically caused that amount of water to dissipate into the environment and leave the plant. Does that make sense? Okay, so let's talk about the term everyone throws around but really doesn't understand, relative humidity. Relative humidity is the amount of water vapor that's in the air relative to full saturation. So if you have, a, you know, if you're at um, the dew point, which is, of course, full, full saturation, as you raise the temperature, the humidity drops. So the relative humidity moves inverse to the temperature. So if the temperature goes down, the humidity goes up, right? And of course, we've been beating around on the dew point because the dew point, you know, in the, in the weather, people always talk about dew point and, you know, whether you're going to have the dew point. And of course, it snowed here in Cincinnati yesterday. And we were at the dew point. It was very cool. There was just kind of this fog bank that hung just above the trees because we it was warm enough because it was like, right at 32 degrees and it was um, snowing. And so there was really foggy because the air was saturated. It was a very beautiful day to show this whole concept of a dew point. So have I confused you yet, Bill, or are you really clear now on how these terms all fit together? Good. And, and you're right. They do fit together. And I, I think that we tend to hear about them individually, but understanding the way that uh, they all, um, they're all important to impact uh, plant health. So. 
Yeah. So because because I'm an old university professor, we now have to be, flog this one a little bit more um, and basically get into a little bit more depth. Remember, evapotranspiration is the loss of water from both the soil evaporation and the leaf transpiration. So when water is moving from high to low concentration, we're talking about this whole um, evapotranspiration. So evaporation from the soil and then water is leaving from the leaf through the stomates because within a leaf that's turgid, meaning that it is not wilted, there's a high water content inside that leaf that's moving out um, into the air if there's a low um, water vapor content. So it moves from inside to outside of the leaf. So that's basically evapotranspiration. So on a dry, warm, low relative humidity day, how much water loss are we going to lose, Bill? Not much. No, I think now, now you now let's listen. To oh, this no, again. I got it backwards. You're yeah, going you to be losing water quickly. Right. Because it's there's low relative humidity and it's going to be lo losing very rapidly. Now, on one of those hot, muggy days in the summer when it's basically you could chew the air how much water loss are you going to do? That's when you're not going to be losing water. And, and this is where a lot of growers make a mistake is that they go and they say, I need to water those plants. Now, one of the things I remind people is when people are hot, like when you're running, Bill, mm -hmm. what is the one thing you do when, when, you, when you're running a lot and you're hot and you're sweating? Well, you're drinking, then you start drinking water. Correct. But when you are basically, you've got plants that are sitting in soaking wet soil and it's really high relative humidity, there's zero vapor pressure deficit, there's no evapotranspiration, what's the worst thing you can do? Probably dump more water on them. Exactly. So always remind your workers that when plants, when it's hot and humid, plants don't need water, people do. Water your people, not your plants. Now, Bill, just as a small side note, when you go to water your plants or water your people, there as a runner, there's two different ways you, you use water. What are those two different ways? Well, I suppose you, you drink it or you can just dump it on your head. Right. And does dumping it on your head saturate or basically make you feel good or does it rehydrate you? Just just cools you off real quick. It, it does not hydrate you. Right. So just, and that's why we have to remember the water has to move through the plant and go all the way through. It can't just be dumped on top and just get a bunch of wet foliage. A bunch of wet foliage with high relative humidity only is a disease problem. So let's kind of move on a little bit about this whole issue of relative humidity so that you've got a better understanding of exactly what it, it's all about. Remember that relative humidity is a measurement of the relative amount of water that's in the air. So for example, if we look at, at 50 degrees Fahrenheit and 100% relative humidity, we've got this much water vapor in the air. Now, if we just raise the temperature to um, 68 degrees, which is the bigger yellow ball, that's how much water could be in the air. It's the big yellow, but notice the blue ball, it's much smaller. So there's only 52% potential um, holding of the water so that it's basically it could hold more water, right? Mm -hmm. As the temperature goes up, as we go up to 86 degrees, notice that at that point, we could hold even more water, right? 
Right. So that we could, because the relative humidity has gone down to 28%, and notice all that yellow um, behind it. That's how much more water you could. So that basically says that if you've got a saturated plant over here, you can move that much more water as the temperature goes up, right? Yep. And that's why, you know, as the temperatures, if we reverse, so during the day it's 86 degrees, but then all of a sudden we drop it to 68 degrees at sunset, and all of a sudden the humidity... Um, Basically, it goes from 28% during the height of the day down to 52%. And now we've got um, a kind of a wet, humid greenhouse. And then, of course, if you continue to cool that greenhouse, now you got a problem because you're at darn near 100% relative humidity, right? Makes sense. Does that make sense? So yeah. it's really relative humidity is just a, I don't want to say arbitrary, but it is a measurement of the potential water holding capacity of the air and how much water is actually in the air. And because the difference is basically the um, what, how much the vapor pressure deficit, because the vapor pressure is the absolute difference in the amount of water in the air versus how much water could be held adjusted for a temperature, okay? So if you think of the vapor pressure deficit as the yellow part of those circles. So as you get, um, the temperature goes up, it can hold more and more water, right? So under high vapor pressure deficit, um, they basically, the water leaves the plant and under lower vo uh, vapor pressure deficit, the water can't leave the plant. And you basically end up with um, surface problems where you end up with moisture that's optimum for germination of spores, fungi, and, and also the spread of bacteria on that leaf surface. So, you know, you really have to be very cognizant of what is the vapor pressure deficit because that's really more important than actually the relative humidity because you really want to be able to say, am I going to be moving more, more water or less water over time? Does that make sense? Yep, yep. Okay, so one of the things you have to keep in mind is when temperatures fluctuate by 20 degrees Fahrenheit, which they frequently will do in the greenhouse, that the vapor pressure deficit can change by twofold, okay? So if we go and look at a greenhouse, we had a greenhouse, one of our greenhouse operations, um, I won't say where, but um, it was outside of the US, um, basically had this huge problem with disease problems, the plants wouldn't develop roots, they didn't have, um, they were growing really slowly, they were just had this whole list of calamities. And I said, okay, well, let's go and just measure the, the, um, the temperature and relative humidity over um, several days. So I was down visiting him for about four or five days. And this is what we found when we were measuring the temperature, which is the blue line, and the relative humidity, which is the red line. Okay. And notice quite nicely that um, as the temperature went up during the day, what did the relative humidity do, Bill? It went down. Yeah, because that's what we were talking about. In the previous yep. slide, you know, we saw the little yellow and blue balls. This is exactly what was happening in this greenhouse. So on that very first day, um, they had a huge um, drop in relative humidity just because the temperatures went way up. Now, on the next day, it really wasn't all that. Um, it was a little overcast. So the temperature... Um, our blue line went up a little bit, but it didn't really kind of bounced around because as you can see with the bouncing, that was means it was cloudy, right? Yeah. Um, and notice that the humidity dropped, but then it bounced up inversely as you would. And then of course, on the third um, day, 
basically we again we had um, during the middle of the night we had um, some higher night temperatures as you can see the night temperatures went up a little bit and then um, of course as the temperatures bounced up the humidity bounced down and that of course happened um, right here just before sunrise and then the temperatures went down and then of course there we went okay so of course and I calculated then because if you have the temperature and you have the relative humidity you can cal calculate the vapor pressure deficit so I calculated the vapor pressure deficit and that's what you see now let's take a look at it more clearly when we take a look at what happens to the relative humidity the um, red line versus the vapor pressure deficit which is the green lines and notice that um, the combination of temperature and relative humidity does tell us what the vapor pressure deficit is. And notice that the VPD shows that on that first day, it was incredibly drying. You know, we had a lot of drying activity during that day. Um, and of course, then you go into the night, which is, of course, your longest period during the winter you know, because you're basically sitting there probably at about 15, 14, 13, depending upon where you are in the world, hours of darkness of night, so that you basically have got the longest period of your 24 hours, um, basically at a, what was the VPD? Darn near zero. Wow. Is there any question as to why the soil didn't dry out? Mm. There was no evaporation from the soil why they had disease problems, because you need four hours for spores to germinate on the leaf surface. And, you know, I think they got four hours there. So they had the perfect environment to do all the bad things that you don't want to have happen. Okay. And so what we, and notice that the vapor pressure deficit, you know, right here on this day did because the temperature um, remember had gone up, the relative humidity had come down, the vapor pressure deficit, um, the VPD had come up. So suddenly, you know, you had a change in the, um, in the overall climate. So how the temperature and relative humidity are working together is really important in controlling diseases, controlling insects, controlling um, water movement in the plants. So it's really important that we understand how the VPD works so that we can see how we manage it, whether we're talking about it in propagation or we're talking about it in production or we're talking and concerned about our disease control. So it's a really useful term and tool for us to use in the greenhouse to really understand how can we optimize and get better performance of our plants um, that we're trying to grow. Now, let's talk about this because um, we see all these kind of charts, these um, psychometric, yeah, that sounds good, um, um, charts that basically look at temperature and relative. There's some really confusing ones that they show and everyone kind of goes, their eyes glaze over, but let's talk about it relative to VPD. What happens as the relative humidity going across the top versus the temperature, what happens to the VPD, which is the numbers in the middle. But, and as you'd expect, Bill, you know, at hundred percent relative humidity, the temperature can change wherever. Mm -hmm. And the VPD is Zero. Right. Okay. And as you um, basically get drop a small amount of relative humidity, so you go from 100 to 95%, notice the impact of temperature. Because remember that yellow ball versus the blue ball, that yellow ball keeps getting bigger because it can hold more water under warm temperatures. 
But if you don't, but if you're not having any more water um, added, notice the VPD does start to increase. Now let's talk about specifically about what, what we're trying to do in propagation, because that's one of the things that we're really concerned with to get off to good start. So if we really focus on this little area of where we're normally, the temperatures that we're propagating at is between 70 and 77%, right? I mean, that's kind of everything you read, everyone's kind of, yeah, that's kind of the where we want to be. Okay. Um, then you basically start looking at the relative humidity range that we try. So we try to keep it humid. Now, that sounds like a good number, but let's see what happens as that temperature goes at night at seven at 95% relative humidity at 70 to if we go to drop the humidity just a slight amount. I mean, you couldn't detect a change from 85 to 95. It'd be humid, right, Bill? I mean, you just yeah. kind of like, this is really humid in here. Yep. But as you raise the temperature for just seven degrees, what does the VPD change? Like quadruples. Right. Goes up wow. fourfold. Now that's fourfold every single second that's accumulating in the plant. And this is where accumulated VPD starts coming into place because as you accumulate this VPD over time, you basically start seeing, okay, we're starting to accumulate 4.8. Every minute, every, every hour, you're accumulating more and more and more. So that means you're drying more and more and more faster, faster, faster. And so, you know, a lot of times growers will say, well, we missed a lot during the early stages, we're pouring a lot of water on the plant just to keep it everything wet. Mm -hmm. And Bill, tell me, how, how is that pouring water on your head when you run? <laughs> it works for a minute, but it's not going to do anything long term. Right, exactly. And that's what happens when people kept pouring water on, even though they're not maintaining the right relative humidity because they're not trying to maintain control the VPD. And of course, what's worse is that then as you start growing the plant, and the humidity drops even more because you're not paying any attention. People are opening doors, they're opening up vents, they're turning on fans. The um, humidity drops even more, even though the temperature doesn't drop that much. Notice what happens as we go from 80 down to 50% relative humidity where everyone thinks it's really comfortable. Notice that you're basically going about threefold. You're going from um, basically five up to 16. So you're going about threefold the um, increase which of course is drying even more than it was um, before. So you really have to be aware of the fact that that environment, when you walk into a propagation area, especially early in the stages, um, you wanna be able to chew the air, right? Mm -hmm. Because yeah. you want it really high, you want it very low VPD. Whereas as you're trying to dry the soil out, when you walk into a greenhouse and they're complaining about poor root growth, they're talking about disease problems and you can basically chew the air. Not good. Not good. Yeah, you wanna basically walk through that greenhouse and not have wet clothes, right? There's nothing yeah. like walking well, I mean, through if, a green, huh? I was gonna say, if you look at the, the going between you know, like a water level two to four, I mean, you're, you're never going to be able to get down where you need to be if, if the humidity right. in the greenhouse is so high. Right, because you're not going to get the evaporation or the transpiration that you need. So evapotranspiration doesn't happen. So why do we need to add um, relative humidity? or Why do we need to control that VPD? Why do we need to use misting in the greenhouse? So this is a winter greenhouse that we did in West Chicago. In, the, in West Chicago, we, we measured the greenhouse um, 
temperature, relative humidity, and calculated the VPD. So in this first graph was what we see is, is this is what the temperatures were doing, which is exactly what we're supposed to be doing, you know, 70, 77 degrees, perfect, no problems. But of course, because we have airflow in that greenhouse and because we have um, ventilation and because of um, basically the nature of that greenhouse, notice that the humidity during the middle of the day dropped a lot. Okay, and of course, what we expect is basically the VPD went sky high. So if we're finishing plants, that would be awesome, right? Because we're basically able to um, really move water through. But if we're propagating plants, this is a problem. So in propagation, what we do is we'll go in and we'll um, use a fog system to um, make sure that we've got adequate fog um, present in that greenhouse so that there is, um, so that we maintain a very low VPD. Notice the green bar across the bottom. And notice the other thing is that if we maintain a zero VPD or near zero, low, very low VPD around 0.5 accumulator, notice, and that's every time the mist comes on, notice what happens to the relative humidity. The relative humidity stays really quite high, which is important because what that means is that we're hydrating cuttings. So if we have a very low VPD, which of course gives us a high relative humidity, means there's a lot of water in the air. That means the water is going to be moving into the cuttings, right? Yep. Whereas if we have in our previous slide where we basically had um, no uh, mist control, we basically are moving all the water out of the cutting. So we're basically running into a problem. So what I always like to think about is, is anytime you've, um, you know, if you have ever had a frog or a toad that got lost in your greenhouse in the summer, um, and you had concrete floors or just very dry floors, one of the things that you know is, you know, frogs and people and plants are all the same in one way. We can't really regulate water loss. I mean, Bill, when you're basically, you're hot, you're hot and humid and you're, um, jogging, what happens? You're running and you're running through and you're losing water. I mean, you just lose water. That's part of the game. Yep. Plants just lose water. Frogs just lose water. And so if, and so frogs and people are very much the same, they can't regulate it. So if you don't do something about it, both of them will shrivel up and die. So this is why when we talk about VPD, it's really important to understand how we're managing that VPD. So we don't end up with dead frogs and um, dead cuttings in our greenhouse. So that's kind of the, did I kind of cover that and beat that to death enough that people understand the, um, the value of VPD and VPD measurements and what it is? I think so. And, and when you think about VPD, just always remember that it is the measurement of the rate of water loss. And that's, that's really the, the key thing to think about it. And especially how it relates to the relative humidity, the temperature and that whole entire environment within your greenhouse. Yep. It makes sense. And, and you referenced uh, some of the things that we've talked about in the past uh, related to, to moisture management and, and watering. Uh, and a lot of those are available through our tech on demand resources. And you can find dozens, if not hundreds of resources from tech on demand online. Uh, every week, I send a newsletter covering a range of technical topics. They tend to be very timely uh, using uh, uh, information that I find uh, being passed through horticultural channels, as well as some of the experts that I collaborate with. We've created a ton of video for uh, greenhouse professionals of all skill levels. If you're looking for ways to train new team members or refresh on, on topics that, that are critical to production, 
pretty confident we have a video on it. And then the Tech on Demand podcast is a great way to take some of this educational information on the go. And last but not least, I would encourage everyone who's viewing and listening to this presentation to join the Greenhouse Tech Team Facebook group. You can find that on Facebook just by searching Greenhouse Tech Team, answer a couple questions, and I will let you right in to the peer-to-peer uh, -peer community with more than 4,000 of your peers to, uh, to discuss all sorts of topics, ask questions, and find resources. So, Will, thank you so much for your time. And anytime you think of another topic to share with the listeners and viewers and me, you know, the door is always open for you, which, which you know, and, and I truly appreciate your, your knowledge and, and your willingness to share this information.